This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. In this season, best-selling author Lisa Waisaki, along with Purina's teams of PhD equine nutritionists and some very special guests, take you on a journey through many jobs a horse can do and how to feed for each job. You'll come away entertained, along with advice and knowledge on how to best feed your favorite equine companions. Welcome to the Horse Nutrition Podcast. We have such a great episode for you today with the story of a horse who stepped up out of his comfort zone to make a difference. We'll learn about this horse and about the exciting sport of vaulting from Olivia Griswold, a vaulter and vaulting coach who has traveled the world with the sport. I'm Lisa Wysocki in Ashland City, Tennessee. I'm an award-winning author, editor, equine clinician, and motivational speaker who trains horses for and consults with therapeutic riding programs. And I'm your host for Season 3 of the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina. Today, we bring you the story of Jamie, a Percheron thoroughbred cross who was supposed to be an event horse. But instead, he found himself at the end of a launch line, providing even cadenced movement for an elite class of international vaulters. Most weekends, Jamie canters in a 20-meter circle while several vaulters perform artful dance and gymnastics movements on his back. The sport of vaulting goes all the way back to the original Roman Olympic Games, but did not come to the United States until the 1950s. Now, it's an FEI and a USEF sport. In the United States, there are hundreds of vaulting competitions annually, with lower levels starting with walk-only or walk-trot competitions, often on wide-backed ponies. Elite competitors, though, prefer a warm blood or sometimes a draft cross who is 17 to 18 hands tall. Vaulters and vaulting horses at this level both have to be really fit, and they have to have the nutrition to maintain muscle and burn energy. Here to tell us all about it, all the way from Saratoga, California, and Garrett Farms is international vaulter Olivia Griswold. Now, Olivia, what is vaulting? Vaulting is the art of uh, gymnastics and dance and movement on the top of a horse, a cantering moving horse. It's just amazing. I've done a little bit of vaulting and it takes such strength and such control and such um, connection with the horse that I'm just amazed that you can get two or three people up and do these dance and gymnastics moves. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is quite amazing. I mean, uh, it's all about the horses, really. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Now, tell us a little bit about your personal involvement in vaulting. How old were you when you got started, and how actually did you get started? Well, I've always been in love with animals, especially the horses. Um, I saw vaulting for the first time at Garrett Farms in Saratoga. It was a pony birthday party. I think it was my fourth birthday. And I saw them practicing down below in the vaulting arena, and I immediately wanted to try it. And thankfully, at that time, they offered this no-commitments drop-in vaulting class. And my parents were like, well, might as well try it, because you could just do it once and not have to be committed to it. And of course, the end is history. Um, I did that about four times, and then I was swooped right into their Tiny Tots vaulting program. And since then, I have competed as a vaulter, a lunger, and I've even coached multiple levels and both nationally and internationally. Now, 
you told me earlier that you got to travel all over the world when you were a teenager doing vaulting. What are some of the countries that you went to? Most of the European continent. We've been to Denmark, Germany, France, Sweden. Um, I've even been to down south in Argentina, been to Canada, all over and all over the United States as well. That's just amazing. And I just can only imagine what your parents thought um, initially when you went to that first vaulting class and then all of a sudden here you are going all over the world doing this potentially dangerous sport and uh, they must have been really, really accepting. Yeah, well, we, uh, my mom actually originated in the Netherlands. So we've always been the European travelers and my parents are both, we're both athletes growing up, not involved in the horses, but they also believed in commitment and teammanship. And they loved that I had a family uh, outside of my own family. And, and that's kind of what vaulting is, is you created this community and this family. And they felt safe with me going. Sometimes they would get to come with us. And sometimes they were okay with me going with just my team. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you love the sport and uh, you've mentioned a couple of times the connection that you have with your team and your teammates and the other vaulters. What else fascinates you about vaulting? It's, I mean, it's really the community and the horsemanship. Uh, Vaulting relies hugely on its equine teammates. And like I was speaking with you guys earlier about there's not many horse sports or sports in general when, you know, a teammate goes down like your equine partner that another team, potentially your rival will swoop in and, and offer you a horse. And I have met so many people around this world because of the sport and the compassion that the vaulting community has to sharing or sharing either their expertise or their horsepower. That is really amazing because in competition, when you're training for years for a potentially big event, and then all of a sudden you're you're sharing your horse or you're borrowing a horse. That really doesn't happen in in other events that I know of. It doesn't. I, I would agree, that, um, and it, it really is amazing. And you don't feel you don't feel any animosity between the two, you know, competitors. Everybody, you're just in it together. You're in it for the best man to win, and for the sport, and for the horses. You mentioned the horses. What about the vaulting horses? What do you look? For? Or when you're choosing a horse for this for this sport, so, so uh, when you're choosing a vaulting horse, it really, first thing you really want to look at is the level that you're choosing a vaulting horse for. If you're choosing a vaulting horse for the tiny top program, the kids that are under six years old, you really want the the safest slow motion horse, something that the the kids can just crawl all over. Now, as you move up the levels, if I'm talking about my elite horse depending on if you're vaulting internationally or just at the national level, you're, you're getting a different percentage of the horse score in your overall score. So when the horse's score is included, it can be up to 25% of your overall score. And they're basic on the dressage pyramid. So okay. the horse needs to have a medium canter, the impulsion from behind. And so when I'm looking for my elite vaulting horses, I want to see that power driven from behind. Um, especially if they're going to be carrying a three-man team, they have to be powerful from behind. Um, there are some other checks got to be through the back. They have to have a steady cadence canter, a lot of up- uplifting swing to help that movement. And so how tall are we looking at when we're looking at some of these elite horses? The elite horses are going to be 17 hands and up. There there are some really known vaulting horses that might be 16 two hands, but anything under that gets a little bit challenging for the bigger teams. Uh, and for that bigger cadence in the canter. 
Yeah. And then, so I'm imagining we're looking at some of those bigger breeds, maybe like the warm bloods. What else might you look at for an elite horse? Yeah. Warm bloods is a huge one. Uh, we've had some success with the draft crosses. You have to be particular with the draft crosses because they, they are, they don't have as much of a fluid canter and it doesn't have so much cadence to the beat, but we do have some very, very good draft crosses out there that have scored really well and they do have that bigger body style and good lift to them they can't have them obviously they're very special horses because i mean not every horse is going to be able to tolerate three people dancing on their back but (laughs) (laughs) what kind of training do they go through before they enter competition every horse is different some horses you can try vaulting on them for the first time and you feel like you could take them in the competition the next day and they tend to be pretty accepting once they realize that all they have to do is canter in the same pattern for a full circle and be balanced. Um, Some of them, depending on their prior training, they're going to need a lot more dressage training. They might need some Cavaletti training. Our club, we don't allow our vaulting horses to vault more than three days a week. Uh, We do a lot of cross training. So they'll be doing dressage two to three days a week. They might do some Cavaletti work, light jumping, we have we are very thankful and fortunate we back up to a bunch of open space so we'll do tons of hill work trail rides to really build up that power in the hind end and it's also great for their mindset because we want vaulting to be fun and easy for them we don't want that to be seen as you know hard right. hard work we'd rather the hard work be the trail ride yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the dressage you know and they come like oh yeah it's a vaulting day yeah <laughs> this is easy well, you are fortunate to have the the trails and the hills and things behind you because I know I've been at farms where it's just totally flat and you really, you know, unless you get a dump truck dumping in a bunch of dirt, you have no hill. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's really awesome. So now, Olivia, you have a wonderful vaulting horse named Jamie, uh, Sir James. Can you Sir tell James. us a little bit about him? Oh, my heart horse. Um, he, he actually, the year after I came back from college, I found Jamie at a, an eventing barn as a five-year-old. And he, I don't know if you're familiar with Gina Miles, but she was trying to train him for an eventing horse. And he just, you know, he jumped, but he was just so big. He's a Percheron thoroughbred and he's about 17 two hands. And he was just really big and they were trying to train him for, I think she was a 15 year old girl, just not a good Mm -hmm. fit. So we um, took him as a trial and we brought him home and he was so accepting to vaulting that we said, okay, let's, let's give this guy a shot. Five is pretty young to start a vaulting horse. We tend, they can't compete in, um, in the United States until they're six, but if you wanted to compete FEI, they have to be seven. Now, Olivia, you got a call from the Argentine vaulting team and they needed a horse. What happened next? So they needed a horse. They were looking for a horse for the world equestrian games in 2010. And we didn't know whether or not our current upper level team horse would be competing for our team for the United States. So we couldn't offer him. And we also don't like to offer those horses in case the United States needs to Uh, be using one of our horses so we said well we have this young horse jamie he's now seven he's just turning seven 
So we've, he's been doing team for about a year. You can come try him and see if you like him. So they came out, they tried him, they loved him. And apparently he looked just like their mayor that they compete on in Argentina. So they said, yeah, we'll, we'll try him. We'll vault on him for the World Equestrian Games. So that season, uh, the 2009-2010 season, was Jamie's actual first year as a team vaulting horse. He did a team theme of 007. <laughs> 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 you know, James Bond. So we named him James Bond and it was pretty cute and he was awesome. And then I continued his training through August and then we went to the world equestrian games and he did a phenomenal job as his first real big event being the world equestrian games. And the first time in the United States, uh, he even got one of the highest horse scores for the team horses, which is amazing because he is a draft cross. Yeah, that is amazing. Particularly, he's he's young, he's inexperienced, and I'm sure he was competing against horses who'd had years of vaulting experience all over the world. And here's this young horse who really stepped up. And I think that's just amazing. It says a lot about him. Yes, he is an amazing, amazing animal. Now, I know that you have fed Jamie well since the day that you got him. And when we spoke earlier, you told me that you kind of felt that the nutrition that he had really helped him physically and mentally be able to step up with uh, a team that he didn't really know all that well and into competition that he wasn't really um, uh, used to that level of competition and that the nutrition that you gave him really helped him with that. Absolutely. Being a draft cross, Jamie has, so he has what we call shivers in his hind end, which creates him to shake a little bit in the side of when you're picking his feet. It doesn't necessarily affect his movement all the time, especially when he was younger. Um, So I have always been giving him Purina grain. He's been getting uh, the strategy feed. Uh, depending on his age, we've changed to strategy healthy edge now that he's older. But I do help, think that this has helped him through his time as a vaulting horse. Obviously. And so Jamie's career as a vaulting horse obviously did not stop with 2010 WEG. What has he done since then? He has competed in every single canter level that we have. He's done individuals, he's done potada, and he's done team. And he's an international and national. We have not, we've taken him to Canada, but we have not taken him overseas yet. I don't think he will because he is now 18. <laughs> he has many international championships on him. He has many people all around the world that love him and respect him. Well, I was at 2010 WEG and I did watch some of the vaulting. And so maybe I actually saw Jamie at that time. I don't remember, but I hope that I did. And Olivia, you are just a wealth of information about vaulting. And I hope to see both you and Jamie at some vaulting event someday soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We're going to move now to Dr. Anna Pesta, PhD, who's a nutritionist with Purina's Equine Technical Solutions team. So we have these horses who are traditionally easy keepers, but yet within that norm, there might be the horse who needs a little bit of extra or might not need quite as much to maintain. Can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I think this is where all of that individual variation in horse metabolism comes in because we have horses doing light work that are easy keepers or hard keepers and horses doing hard work that are easy keepers or hard keepers. And 
they all have different calorie input requirements, even though, say, the hardworking thoroughbred might be expending the same number of calories that a hardkeeping draft cross or warm blood does. So they're both hardworking at the top of their sport, but since their individual efficiency with how easily their bodies turn feed into calories is so different, we would put different number of calories into them. I mean, I consult on upper level dressage horses who are extremely easy keeping and they compete very high level on very low calorie diets. And then there's some that we have to feed like racehorses because of their individual metabolism. So it's very um, variable. That makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, the other thing that really kind of fascinates me about this is that just the nature of vaulting includes a lot of repetitive work. And as Olivia said, she does cross train with a lot of other things that she's doing with these horses. But I imagine that there's some muscle recovery involved in vaulting. And can nutrition help with any of that? Definitely. I think even though it seems like when they're in the ring, the horse's jobs are pretty simple. All they have to do is canter at a steady speed in circles for a while. I think their jobs are pretty demanding and exercise recovery would be a huge aspect of this, especially since they're doing so much repetitive work and they have, I would think, the added stress of some interesting forces and torque on their backs with people hanging off the sides of them and moving all over the place. They might have some added muscle stress due to those forces. So something like an additional muscle recovery, you know, additive, something like super sport supplement, which we know helps horses recover their muscles quicker after exercise and be less kind of tight in their muscles and sore backed and kind of cold backed the next day could be huge for a vaulting horse. Yeah, I like that. And then, you know, the other thing too, is that uh, we've talked in the past about how we probably don't need to be feeding all the supplements that we really are feeding to our horses because most everything the horse needs on a normal basis is in the quality feed that we're feeding. But because of the nature of vaulting, is it possible that a joint supplement or something like that might be appropriate also? Yeah, talk about a podcast unto itself, um, joint supplements <laughs> and supplements in general being stacked on top of already well-fortified diets. You're right. There are only a handful of circumstances where I think a very targeted, well-researched supplement is truly warranted. And most people would get by very well on just feeding the appropriate feed as intended. But joint supplements are a different thing. I, I generally, my recommendation is if you would like to feed one, choose a reputable company with proven levels of the active ingredients. But talk to your vet about injectables also, because things like Adequan and Legend, you get a lot more bang for your buck than the feed through products. And you can buy uh, a lot of bottles of Adequan for the amount of keeping a horse on a long term joint supplement for years, and you'll get more out of it. 
So that's my two cents from a nutritionist perspective. (laughs) Well, I love that. This has been so interesting because I think a lot of us don't really know a lot about the sport of vaulting. And I think that, you know, in in feeding the horse, you really want the horse, whether it's a vaulting horse or any horse, to be at the top of their game. And the vaulting horses seem to have maybe a little different nutritional need or you know, with, as you mentioned, the torque and the muscle recovery and all of that, that, you know, your average horse would not have. Definitely. And I think to simplify it, just the key to any kind of sport horse having long, the best chance at long-term soundness and athletic ability anyway, is to feed them appropriately throughout their whole lifetime. So that is changes from when they're a young developing you know, two-year-old to when they're five to 10 to when they're at the top of their game. And then maybe when they're older and stepping down from the upper levels, but still working hard, um, just choosing the right feed and, you know, basing it on good quality forage the whole way through their lives is really important. I think um, that's something that Olivia mentioned in her program. She did. She did. And I think she's doing absolutely everything that you have just recommended. So this is all such great information, Dr. Pesta. Thank you so much for joining us again. No problem. Anytime. It takes a special horse to provide a continuous, cadenced, rolling, lofty canter and still stay quiet and focused as two or three people dance on his back. Despite being bred for eventing, Jamie turned out to be just such a horse. And when he was asked to perform at a higher level, despite his inexperience there, he held his own and received one of the highest vaulting horse scores at the World Equestrian Games. Jamie is extraordinary not only for his willingness to do whatever is asked, but because he always gives his best. It's good to know that a combination of care and management, along with the right nutrition, can unleash the greatest potential in every horse, whatever job he or she is focused on every single day. Thank you for listening to the story of Jamie on the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina. If you missed Season 1 or Season 2, just go back on any podcast player and take a listen to all of the past episodes. You can also learn more about each of Purina's equine products at purinamills.com forward slash full rain. That's F-U-L-L-R-E-I-N. You can also take part in a feed trial. To learn more about that, just point your browser to purinamills.com forward slash HRN trial. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.